Hello, this is Sally Cronin with another story from Tales from the Garden, written about our garden in the mountains to the north of Madrid, where we lived for 17 years. Last week, as the fairy kingdom prepared for the last ball of the summer, they received devastating news that the winter fairy was bringing forward his freezing campaign two months ahead of schedule. The last summer ball and the winter fairy part two. The fairy queen filigree called her councillors together to put into action the disaster prevention plan they had hoped never to activate. Before making her final decisions about the operation, the queen called upon the toothless gnome that was the fairy soothsayer. Spread out on the table in front of her, placed on the magic blue silk cloth was the gnome's crystal ball. Her majesty was getting impatient and snapped at the quivering figure standing before her. Well, what are you waiting for? She glared at the poor creature. Are we definitely going to be in for an early freeze? The gnome had rarely been called upon during his 500 years in his capacity of soothsayer and was not sure if his magic divining powers were still working. He waved his hands over the crystal ball and muttered the magic words loudly with maximum dramatic effect. Bumble, crumble, fumble, crumble. Queen Filigree and her courtiers leaned in and gasped in horror. The crystal ball had clouded into ice crystals before their very eyes. None were more surprised than the gnome, who hid a delighted and relieved toothless grin behind his gnarly hands. Right, said the queen, having composed herself. She pointed at one of her closest advisers. Ample tongue. I want you to go immediately and take a message to the queen bee. She closed her eyes for a moment as she gathered her thoughts. Tell Her Majesty that this devastating cold front is coming in within hours and her hives are in danger. Suggest that she have a final sweep of the last of the summer roses with her swarm and then retreat down into our honey cellars. This will provide us with much needed stores for the winter and a safe place for them to stay warm. Ample Tom hurried off to do his queen's bidding trembling nervously at the important task he had been assigned. The queen looked around her chamber and her eyes fell upon one of the cheekiest of her fairy advisers. Pinchet was a bit of a rogue, but he knew everything that was happening in the garden at any given time and this task would require his specialist knowledge. She beckoned him over and whispered in his tufted ear, Find me Fluffy. She looked at his wily little face. I know you know where that rascal is, and I need you to go to whatever rock or log he is hiding under and bring him to me immediately. Pinchet bowed his head and scurried off to climb up the staircase through the magnolia roots to the magic garden. He headed off around the corner of the villa to the uncultivated wasteland by the back fence. It was a safe bet that he would find the sun-loving Fluffy basking himself on the hot sand. Pinchet spent a few minutes explaining the dire situation they were all facing. Fluffy, first and foremost, was concerned about himself. Dragons do not like the cold, which is why they have their own internal combustion system. He thanked Pinchet for the warning and was about to turn away to find some safe place in the foundations of the villa when the fairy tapped him on his nose. The Queen is demanding that you come with me, Fluffy, as he has a special job for you. Pinchet hooked one of his fingers through the dragon's nostril and muttered menacingly, she said not to take no for an answer. Ten minutes later, Fluffy settled down on his haunches and glared at the fairy queen. In her long reign, these two had been at loggerheads, as her royalness 
was unimpressed by the dragon's habit of starting little fires in the garden when he sneezed. This happened a lot in the spring when the pollen count was high, and despite the fairies giving him a very potent antihistamine, he refused to take prescribed medication of any kind. Queen Filigree came down off her high horse, commonly called her throne, and sat in front of Fluffy. She held out her hands and smiled at the bemused dragon. I would like you to do me a great favour. She paused and prayed she would choose the right words for this vital request. Meanwhile, just an hour away to the north, tiny snowflakes began to fall on the parched earth. It settled quickly as the inhabitants looked out of their homes in amazement. Animals and insects alike were caught unawares, and already the fatal cold claimed its first victims. Out in the magic garden, the queen bee had rallied her swarm and accepted the invitation issued by the fairy queen. Bees visited every last summer rose in the garden and made their way, heavily laden, through the roots of the magnolia tree into the honey caverns beneath. Here, special honey fairies directed the thousands of insects into the roof of the specially constructed cellars where they began to build an intricate honeycomb. The fairy kingdom would now have sufficient supplies for the long winter ahead and the bees could reside in safety away from the devastating cold. As these preparations continued, the fairy queen knew that she had to do something to raise the spirits of those beneath the magnolia and also amongst her stone guardians in the magic garden. Wrapping herself in a cloak of gold silk that kept the chill from her delicate bones, she visited each member of her loyal entourage. The stone dwarf man huddled beneath the old oak tree in the fading sunlight and looked at her sadly. They had been rehearsing for the last three months to perform at tonight's final ball of the summer, and now this would not take place. She gently touched them on their pointed heads and requested that they strike up a song to keep the rest of the garden in high spirits as they went about their urgent tasks. Before long, the cheerful sound of music reached every corner of the magic kingdom. The queen also flew down to the sandy wasteland at the back of the garden and perched for a few minutes on a small mound of rocks. Beneath her, with chest expanded to its fullest extent, Fluffy blew hot breath northwards. With the help of a snuff box of fairy dust, the dragon was able to extend his normal range by 50 miles. He was tiring, but he had managed to keep the freezing cold front at bay for what was very important extra few hours. His reward was to spend the winter months in a specially prepared fireproof chamber in the royal palace. The queen happily reflected that the extra heating would be very welcome once they got into the deepest and darkest nights of winter. Finally, the preparations were complete. The fairy queen had visited all her statues within the garden and with the final trail of insects and one very tired but satisfied dragon, she retreated to the warmth and safety beneath the magnolia tree. As a special surprise and a thank you to all his subjects and the special guests, Her Majesty had opened up the giant ballroom and had the firefly chandeliers dusted off. Instead of the dwarf stone band in the corner of the ornate chamber, an old-fashioned gramophone was wound up and the air was filled with the sounds of a Viennese waltz. The delighted fairies and their guests took to the floor as the fireflies created an aerial display that took their breath away. With Fluffy safely tucked up for the winter and without his magic dragon breath, the cold front advanced rapidly. The winter fairy flew into the magic garden, delighted with his childish prank. He stood in the deep snow and looked around him excitedly. Instead of frozen fairies, insects and out-of-place statues, there was nothing. Just one obnoxious fairy, alone and barely visible in a blanket of white. 
Next time, the start of the stories from the Irish Garden, beginning with the search by the Fairy Queen and her court for a new home after devastating news received over Christmas. Thanks for listening. I hope you tune in again.